Welcome friends to the Someone Gets Me podcast. I am your host, Diane Allen, and I am so delighted that you're here. This podcast was created because I believe there is a visionary leader inside each one of us who is waiting to be seen. In each episode of Someone Gets Me, you will hear useful tips from successful visionaries who will share their stories about how being seen has allowed them to take their vision out into the world with action. Conversation with Andrea Witt on gifted multi-potentialities. I have a guest for you, you guys. You are not going to believe that Andrea is coming on the show today. She's with us and she is bringing her giftedness and her multi-potentialite ability. Andrea is an international touring artist. She plays multiple instruments, not in the exact way you would think, not different kinds of drums. I'll let her explain that to you. But she also is into art and fashion, and I don't even know what else. Here's what I, here's what I know. She was introduced to me by a mutual friend. And the moment I met her, I'm like, Oh, she is just amazing in her energy and presence. So I asked her to come on the show and I'm delighted that she has said yes, take time out of her busy touring schedule to be with us and talk about what it's like living in her body with all of this creativity emerging. So welcome to the show, Andrea. Thank you so much for coming. Thank you so much for having me. (laughs) I'm so happy you're here and I have so many questions to start with. But I would like to hear a little bit or let everybody give them a little bit of backstory of your musical talent and ability. Like, how is it that you play these amazing instruments that you wouldn't necessarily think are in kind of rock and roll bands, but you're in them? And like, how did all of this come about? Because I, I find it just really fascinating. Well, I started playing classical music when I was nine in the elementary school orchestra. Um, started uh, taking private lessons and studying all throughout high school. Um, I, you know, I went to Interlochen Arts Camp every summer in high school and did everything, you know, very strict classical training. Um, but in the meantime, I was never really um, actively listening to classical music. I, you know, if I had to learn a piece or a concerto, um, my teacher would be like, okay, you have to listen to this. And so I, you know, I would just, I, I would only listen to it kind of like as much as I needed to. Um, and then I would go and, you know, I was into the Smashing Pumpkins and Pearl Jam and Nirvana, like the big grunge era. So that was, you know, kind of when I was 13 and like my first introduction to rock and, um, alternative music at that time. So, um, I went on to college, uh, majored in classical music in viola performance. Uh, but I, I was kind of getting a little like burnout with like only playing classical music. And I was just so insanely jealous of all my friends in the jazz program um, how they could just improvise and play, play anything off, you know, off their head. And I would go to all these, uh, shows that all my friends had in like clubs, like after, you know, late nights on the weekends in college. And, um, I was just, I was so intrigued and I'm like, why can't I do this? Like, I don't even know where to start. I don't know, you know, what note to play, what, what song, like, how are they even like playing the song and making it just sound so much more elaborate? I, um, so I signed up for jazz improv class and that kind of really changed my life in, you know, the styles of music that I decided to do and kind of, you know, push my boundaries. Oh, that is amazing. That's cool. My mom was really into jazz. She's a classical pianist and she also really introduced me to jazz and I still love jazz music. It's like, 
it's soul moving to me. And yes. it's just, there's something, there's something about it. I think it's in my DNA, probably a lot like yours, other than you play <laughs> it. And I just appreciate it. So you play the viola mm-hmm. and the fiddle mm-hmm. and a pedal steel guitar. Mm-hmm. Like, I think that's really cool. And you've played with Deep Purple, one of my favorite bands. Um, <laughs> and like I told you before we started recording that when we were racing sailboats when I was in high school, that was that was the band playing on the boat to get us all hyped up. And we won a lot thanks to that. Oh, so, cool. <laughs> so I'm like thinking, oh, wow, how cool is that? So what turned you on to these three instruments? And then how did, did it develop into this international career and touring with some really amazing people and being on Grammy um, award-winning recordings? There's There's gotta be a, a bridge. <laughs> yeah. Um, so let's see, I started playing viola and then, you know, got into jazz. Um, so that was my first introduction to improvising. Then I, um, I started playing fiddle only because I I was so pro viola. Like I was like a violist can do anything a violinist can. And I was just very like, I'm going to play everything on viola. And, um, I, (laughs) I started playing in rock bands in LA on viola. Um, but it wasn't until I, I got hired to play in Shania Twain's band um, the music director called me and was like, uh, Andrea, do you play uh, fiddle? I'm assuming you do. And I was like, well, yes, absolutely I do. And I was, <laughs> the next day I went out, and I bought my first violin and I was like, what, maybe 31 at the time. So I hadn't, hadn't even owned a violin until that age. Um, I started going to like bluegrass jams, which I completely fell on my face. And I would try to emerge myself in that style of music before I, the first rehearsal with with Shania and the whole band. Um, so that I, I, then I just, I started taking lessons with, um, a fiddle player <laughs> in Los Angeles and just started transcribing a bunch of stuff. So, um, you know, it's a completely different way of improvising than, than jazz. So it did take me a second. I, you know, I, I felt more comfortable in jazz and like a little bit of the rock scene, but then playing bluegrass style licks, like it was a total different, like, you know, bowing and technique, um, approach to the instrument. So um, fiddle playing came out of Shania Twain's band. But then during the first couple of rehearsals with Shania, um, there was a pedal steel player in the band. And I had never seen that instrument in person. And I was just like so intrigued with it. I would sit there and I'd be, you know, like playing my parts that I had learned, but all I would be doing was like watching the pedal steel player. <laughs> and I was obsessed. And we were, you know, we had this Vegas residency. So we were in Vegas for like three months, the first run. And I decided to order, I bought a pedal steel off of eBay. I had it sent to my room, my hotel room in Las Vegas. Cause we were kind of, you know, hanging out in the same room for three months. Uh, so ordered my first pedal steel and I would just, you know, sit there at night and try to figure things out. Um, so that was it. I, it was just like, those sounds, I just, I heard those sounds and I said, I need to make those sounds. And that was when I just decided to completely dive headfirst into pedal steel world. <laughs> and that's how pe- gifted people with multi-potentialites do it. It's like when you're a multi-potentialite and you hear something and intrigues you, dive fully in and go after it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that's it in real life. And so I just find that combination of instruments really fascinating and fun. I mean, it's really fun, you know? And so it, it kind of goes with your personality. And then you also do a lot of art and fashion. Mm-hmm. And so 
how did the art and fashion like come in? Okay, so you started playing music when you were nine and then, okay, mm-hmm. we got that. Now, where did the art and fashion or was it going along the same line or how did that It was work? always going along the same line. Yeah. I, yeah. I mean, before I started playing music, I thought I was going to be a visual artist. Like, you know, in elementary school, you, you have the day where you dress up as like what you want to be when you grow mm-hmm. up. And I yeah. would always dress up. I'd put on a little beret and have like a hat, like a, a shirt with like just splattered paint all over it. And I just wanted to be an artist, a painter. Um, and that was it forever. So, you know, I was drawing, you know, every day of my life since I was like 18 months old, my mom said I would just, she'd just hand me like a pen and paper and I would just be totally happy and content my own little world drawing. Um, so that has always just been a, a, an interest for me. And I've always done it alongside of music. And I actually, I double majored for a second in college in drawing and painting and music. And I just, realized how insane that was like it was just too much it would be like 2 a.m in the art studio or 3 a.m in the music studio like practicing painting it was just it it was a lot so um I decided I would I would always keep my painting going on the side while I pursued a music degree so I kind of at first I didn't want to choose my, you know, what my degree was going to be in, but then I, I, I was like, you should really <laughs> focus on one thing and just graduate and then <laughs> get out into the world. Um, and then fashion, um, it kind of came from my grandmother on my mom's side. She would take me shopping all the time when I was younger and just buy me like matching socks, matching headband, matching shoes. Everything was just like this perfect little outfit. And, um, growing up, you know, my, uh, my mom said on like the parent teacher conference days, the teachers would pull her aside and be like, your daughter is the best dressed student I've ever had. And it was <laughs> just all because of my grandmother, like just going out and like spoiling her grandchildren. So, um, from that, I just, you know, I loved clothes. It was like this bonding experience I had with my, my grandmother. And I, you know, I've just always been obsessed with fashion and, you know, vintage clothing and anything really. Oh, that's really fun. And so you brought up a really good point about priorities and timing of things. So here you are loving visual arts and painting, but also really loving music. And and what you did was a really amazing thing by saying, okay, doing both of them at the same time isn't going to work, but I'm not really going to let them go. I'm just going to pick one for the degree, but keep the other one alive. And that's what people with multi-potential situations have to do, because if we try to do it all at once, we can create a crisis in our life right like too many mm-hmm. things like you said like oh, no yeah. we're not we're not going to stay up 24 7 that's not how that's going to work and so that's a really good example of like just regular life going through life and making that decision naturally okay they're both a priority but what's going to lead it in school for the degree and then how is my creative other creative part of me going to still emerge in a really useful kind of fun way. So I really love how you shared like that because I get a lot of people who ask me like, I want to do all of it and I can't do it all at once. And they, they burn themselves out and they oh, get all yeah. stressed out. I'm like, well, you don't have to do it all at once. There's, you know, you have a lots of time for different iterations, different ways for it to show up in other creative ways. So I'm really glad you shared that. So you, um, you have a clothing line now, right? I do. It's just, it's just something really small. I did like a little test run of about a hundred dresses, um, two styles, two different fabrics. And, um, you know, so it equals four dresses, (laughs) really small run. I had them all made in downtown LA. I just, I wanted everything to be made locally, um, and not outsourced. Um, so yeah, it's just the first, um, little kind of experiment. I have, um, another design 
I actually, um, you know, for some flare pants that I, I hand drew the, the print for them so that uh, those are hopefully coming, gosh, this year. <laughs> it's been <laughs> kind of put on the back burner. I have so many projects and I'm actually like COVID staying at home. I'm actually, I've realized how grateful I am to be able to work on these projects and finish them. So um, all these things, these ideas, and I've just, you know, things that I just barely started, I'm actually like finishing them. So that's, <laughs> that's been a, a really, really great thing about staying at home. How has COVID affected your creativity and your, you know, you're used to touring all around the world. And of course that stopped, mm-hmm. but now you're home and now you just said it, you're able to finish all these little creative ideas that are coming through. You're able to like, look at them and bring them forward in a way yeah. that really works. How cool is that? So cool. And I, you know, I have more time for painting and, you know, I've really, I, I kind of put my blog on the back burner for a second. You know, I was still doing some fashion shoots and stuff, but you know, I was, I was focusing on like, I really just, just music for a while and going in and out and doing a bunch of shows um, it was, I wasn't doing an international tour with Zucchero in 2019, but I had another project um, with a, a duo I have and Katie and Andrea, and we were kind of just going in and out and I didn't really allow myself enough time for my own painting. And, you know, mm-hmm. there just really wasn't much time. So be, yeah, being at home, like I've, I've gotten back into oil painting, um, really getting into more design work, um, getting into more graphic design on my iPad using Procreate, which is like it's so incredible to be able to like crank out a design and just email it to someone and not have to get it scanned. And, you know, there's, it just eliminates so many steps and the process is a lot quicker. Um, on my own music. I mean, this it's, I've been, you know, doing my own music videos and like my own solo instrumental pedal steel, um, songs and covers. Um, and I have just a whole, like literally a laundry list of like, what, (laughs) what the next project, the next recording, (laughs) who I'm collaborating with. It's, it's just, it'll take me till like, you know, this time next year before I finish them all. <laughs> well, there'll be more added. So you'll be like 900 mm-hmm. years old by the time you right, get to the totally. end, right? I just keep on going and going and going and going. So have you ever had time in your life where people didn't understand you, where you kind of felt like maybe you were different than all the people around you, or have you mostly been around really great people that are gifted in the way you are? Yeah, I, I mostly have been around. I'm very fortunate that um, my family sent me to Interlochen Arts mm-hmm. Camp in high school. And that's really when it was like after my sophomore year in high school, it's like I found my people. You oh. know, it's like everyone there is doing something arts related, music, visual arts. You know, I did a lot of ceramics and pottery throwing in high school as well. So, you know, there were ceramicists I was really good friends with and painters and photographers and, you know, classical musicians, jazz musicians. And we were all just like, you know, I had a group of like 20 really close friends that we'd go to camp every summer and, you know, spend eight weeks in a cabin um, in Michigan, just creating art. And that was so inspiring. So I think that um, surrounding myself with those people, you know, it just really helped me to like, kind of pick and choose my, my friend circles, like later on, you know, like trying to surround myself with people that I really feel inspire me. Right. And you already had the really good intimate experience of what it's like to be understood by people in that creative way. So as you're choosing mm-hmm. friends in your adult life, it's probably been easier for you to discern. Well, yeah, you're on my vibe. No, you're not kind of simple instead of 
going through your teen years, wondering what the vibe was and then trying mm-hmm. to figure it out. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Cause it, you know, it was a different vibe in high school, like during the school year, you know, I would, I would, uh, spend my lunch periods with my art teacher. You know, I would just be in the art room all day and I just, you know, I'm like, what, why should I just go sit in the cafeteria when I can just continue like working on my painting or something? Um, you know, so I was, I was a little disassociated from, you know, from my certain, fr- you know, the high school experience, like towards the end, cause I was just so focused on the arts, but, you know, having the arts camp every summer that just really opened it up. Oh, that's great. So when you think of things in your do you think in lyrics, like song lyrics, do you think in pictures with color or how does your brain process things? Like I, I work with a lot of musicians and a lot of them will tell me that when they're thinking it's like, it's always in song. There's always some kind of music hmm. in their thoughts. And, and I also work with some people who are artists and I work with this one girl who does um, fashion design for the theater. So she'll get the play and then know what the time is and have to create and make all the costuming. And so mm-hmm. she sees everything by texture and color. And so I'm curious, how does your brain do it? <laughs> wow, that's a great question. Um, I think just a little bit of everything. Like I always have um, music going on in my head where there's, it, it's a song that I'm learning. Like a lot of times I'll obsess over learning like how to play something on pedal steel. And so it's on repeat and repeat and repeat in my head. It, it could be just like a five, second lick or you know 30 second segment of of a song that I'm visually like seeing myself playing pedal steel or fiddle or whatever Mm -hmm. um but then also like there is a lot of the visual element like I will sit down and I'll just any you know something that I find like really intriguing to look at I'll look at it and imagine how I would paint it or how I draw I would little I'll trace it with my eyes because I love doing contour drawings and you know I put that into my paintings so I'll, I'll sit there and I'll just literally I'll take someone's face I'm mean, probably not I'll be talking to them and I'll be like you know like outlining their face like how how you know what colors would I use what you know details would I do in watercolor would I paint them in oils um yeah so I'm, I am always visually thinking about that and then also you know I'll put it together like um I have a lot of music in my head that I want to release but I am just as excited to release a music video for it because I want to style it. I want to have a a beautiful visual presentation. So while I, it gets me really excited to think about, uh, you know, something I'm going to create and then I'm like, okay, I'm going to film it here. Uh, This is who I want to film it. This is the outfit I want to wear. These are the colors. This is the whole, like the grand picture of it. So, you know, I think everything's kind of going on at the same time. Oh, that sounds beautiful. (laughs) so does it ever get overwhelming with so many ideas in there all at one time that you're you want to tell your brain to be quiet or does it kind of flow Uh, like yeah I think it I I think it just flows I think that's just like what makes it you know interesting every day it's like you know I try to stay excited about things so if I always have something to look forward to you know uh, and if I kind of get down or something I'm like oh yeah I'm gonna work in that project you know so that kind of brings me out of like a rut like thinking about something I'm going to create well, that's a real, that's really good too, that you said that, because I, I know a lot of creative people get that kind of malaise or dysphoria, or they just kind of get down in a rut. If, if their creative flow isn't what they expect it to be, or they want it to be, or something's going on in their world, and they kind of let it drag them down for a minute. And so 
a really good way, like you're saying, is you don't have to stay there because there's a whole list of things to create. Whole list. <laughs> and pick one and just do anything, throw anything at it and start going. Yeah. And then it, it takes on its own energy and its own way to, to come into the world. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of people listening to us today and that are maybe stuck a little bit and they want to do something creative or they started and they gave up or I had a new client just the other day say, yeah, I used to draw a lot, but I haven't drawn in years. And so I said, go to the store and get things and start drawing again. And then that person did. And lo and behold, their creativity is coming back, right? They primed the pump a little bit and it just came back. So somebody's listening to us and they're feeling kind of stuck or they have a dream and they never really took the risk to do it. What would you tell them? Uh, yeah, I mean, you, you have to start somewhere, whether it's, uh, you know, like going to the art store and just finding like a really beautiful, like notebook or something, or like paper that really speaks to you or like a new pen or a new paintbrush. You know, I think it's really important, you know, if you are in a rut to like, find, like, find something that could inspire you to start the project, you know, Mm -hmm. like maybe like, listen, you know, if you're musical a musician like maybe um dig into like you know a new artist or like a new genre of music and kind of just pull from something something new and different or you know I don't know (laughs) I hope that helps I think I think that's really helpful because sometimes just changing it up like that I know that I like to journal a lot and it matters the feel of the notebook yes like when I touch it and then when I open up the paper has to be friendly to my hands and mm-hmm. then I and then I have my special pen yep and each notebook has its own special pen oh that's so cool and then it's funny because somebody who I know in my mastermind kind of laughed at me at the other day because I have four different containers of pens on my desk and more behind me and some in a drawer because I just never know what pen I'm going to want to use. Like sometimes yeah. I write with my pink flamingo pen oh that is adorable you know <laughs> and sometimes I write with my heart pencil Yeah, I always have something to make it fun and creative with depending on when I'm writing. And so you're saying that I'm like, yeah, you know, you go whatever speaks to you. So how does your intuition play into all of this? Does it guide you a lot? Do you pay attention to it? Do you self intuitive? How how is that as part of your, your life? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I'll, you know, I'll definitely go with my intuition on, on things. And, um, yeah, I mean, what, whatever I think is whatever I get excited about or whatever inspires me, I'll go with it because I don't want anything to be forced, you know, Mm -hmm. and just Mm -hmm. someone saying you should do this and you should do that. Well, maybe it's a good idea. And if, if I'm like, Oh, well, that's, that's cool. If that inspires me, then I'll go for it. But if, you know, if I hear something like, I'm not sure, you know, I'll just always kind of just listen to my, my inner guide. And I think the important thing is not to do something for like the sole purpose of like making money or being successful. Mm -hmm. Like, um, you know, when I started playing pedal steel, it's actually turned out to be like such a wonderful part of my career and is, is bringing me a lot more work and a lot more success. And is, you know, it's part of my identity now. And when I heard that instrument, I, I wasn't thinking of any of that. I was just like, I'm so moved by this. And I, I need to make those sounds like none of nothing else mattered. It was just the fact that it came to me and it spoke to me. 
so yeah, I think just listening to yourself because the more that you're excited about it, the more everyone else is going to be excited about it. Oh, that's so true. It's sung to your heart and your soul. And that's all mm -hmm. you, you, all you could think I have to make that sound. And that's how mm -hmm. I learned. That's how I learned how to quilt. I was volunteering with a friend of mine and she showed me this picture. She goes, I'm going to make this quilt. And I, I did, I knew that she quilted. I didn't quilt. I sew, but I didn't quilt. And uh -huh. I saw it and it looked three-dimensional. And I'm like, well, I have oh. to make that. I have to make that. I have to, I have to do that right there. I had no idea what it was going to take or anything uh -huh. about it. I didn't care. I wanted to do that thing. And so I dove head first into it and bought a really nice machine and a really good table. And now I make all kinds of quilts and I'm having a blast because it, harmon it oh, harmonizes awesome. your brain, you know, the, the, the math and the creativity together. And so it's like therapy, but it was all because mm -hmm. I had to make, I had to make that, that particular thing. And it opened all these doors of my creativity, but also just of my happiness and joy and fun, you know, and I make quotes for my friends so cool. and things like that. Yeah. Oh, that's and, awesome. And so I relate to that because I have to make that sound and I'm ordering yeah. one and I'm getting one right now and I'm going to yep. make that sound. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and that's how gifted people do it. We just follow it down that rabbit hole. Like there's no tomorrow. And I'm sure all of y'all who are listening go, yeah, I've done that too. In different, <laughs> in different, really cool ways. So see, we all might be a little different, but we're cool different right? Mm -hmm. Which is what I love so much. So has there ever been a time where you had an intuition or your gut said one thing and you overrode it with mm -hmm. your mind and you look back and go, man, should have listened to my gut? Hmm. Oh, gosh. Um, yeah. I mean, gosh, I can't really, I don't know. That's a very good question. Um, I think, I mean, there's one time, I mean, it, this is just a very small thing. I'm sure something else has happened on a bigger scale, but I can't really think of it. Um, it was when I like first moved to Los Angeles and, you know, I really wanted to become like a session player. And I was also doing, you know, teaching private lessons on the side. I still teach private lessons and I love teaching. I think it's like a, a, such a wonderful thing to give back to the world. Um, but I, um, I got called for a session and I was like, well, oh, shoot, I have, I have a student that I have to teach, you know, during the same time as the session. And, um, so I, I turned down the session and then I, I, I was like, oh my gosh, later, like a day later, I was like, I could have rescheduled this student. And, you know, maybe that could have been a session that brought me more into, you know, the studio scene in Los Angeles. And, um, the student would have been like, it's totally fine. You can reschedule. You know, people are very understanding. Um, that was one thing that bothered me for a second, mm -hmm. but you know what? It, it, that kind of stuff is like, everything just happens and it all kind of ends up, you're, you end up where you are supposed to be. So I don't really have like too many, I guess, regrets or things where I haven't listened to myself and wish I did something different. I, there's not, I can't really think of too many instances. That's wonderful. Are, are you kidding me? That's wonderful. You know, that you're, not walk, you're not walking around with the heaviness of a lot of regret, which I think frees up a lot more space to be creative and let all of these are really amazing things trying to come through you emerge into the world in a really creative way. I think that's amazing. Amazing, amazing. So I have a couple of other questions, but one of the things I would love for you to share a little bit is give everybody a little bit of a day in the life of Andrea. Like you get up and 
And do you do special things like you have routines for your self-care or creativity or what it would be a flow of like a day. Now, granted, they're all different because you're creative mm-hmm. and you do so many different things. But what would a day in the life be like if somebody's going, man, I want to do those kinds of things. Well, this is kind of what it could look like. Um, yeah. So every morning I, I try to wake up at like, I don't know, about 730 or 8 a.m. And I eat the same breakfast every morning. I've been eating the same breakfast for, gosh, like 15 years or more, probably. <laughs> <laughs> I, eat, I eat oatmeal with peanut butter, coffee. I make French press. I have two cups of coffee. Um, and then since it's, this is actually kind of a newer thing, since February, I've been working out every morning religiously, um, just doing like a core arm, leg kind of cardio weight training. Um, so I do that right after breakfast and then I sit down, I answer all my emails, you know, anything that I have to do online or, you know, if I need to do a social media post or something, I try to do that, like right after I'm done working out. And then, um, then it opens up to like, you know, maybe I have, um, a session that I have to get, that I have to do. Maybe it's from home. You know, recently we've been able to do more sessions like outside of the home and meet up with people. So I've been doing that. Um, sometimes I have a student or two to teach. Um, and then also, you know, I'll definitely fit in time to practice. So, you know, I always have things that I want to learn. I'm always striving to learn something new on my instruments. So, you know, I'll, I'll budget in as much time as I can to practice. Um, and then, you know, doing something, some sort of visual arts, you know, the visual arts doesn't happen and maybe it doesn't happen as much as I would like it to, but I've been getting, um, you know, a handful of commissions. So the commissions actually, it's great because I'm still working and it's keeping, you know, my painting going and my visual arts kind of moving. So, you know, any given day I could have a commission that I, artwork that I have to work on or, or music or, you know, and this is basically the, has been the COVID routine. <laughs> right, right, so, right. Um, before this, you know, a lot of times, like on the road, I'd be gone, you know, with Zucro about five months or six months out of the year. And that, I mean, those days are so fun because after the show, you get on the tour bus, you hang out with your band, you know, you stay up a little late, then you go to sleep on the bus, you wake up in a brand new city. Um, you know, you get, I get on my happy cow app, which is the vegan finder app, I find all the vegan restaurants in the, um, in the neighborhood, wherever, we're, wherever we are in Europe, go to the neighborhood, go to the music shops, you know, eat great food, wander around, you know, maybe if we have a show that day, go to sound check, everything's set up. My tech hands me my instruments, play a show. Like, yeah. So that the whole, the road life is a completely different experience. Yeah. Um, you know, that's kind of more, um, you know, everything's a little bit more taken care of and you're on a, a, a time frame. you know, people are like, be here, they pick you up, they take you there, they drop you off. You really kind of don't have to think on the road <laughs> except <laughs> play your instrument, which is great. Um, yeah, so it's, it, it is, it's kind of a dual reality from, you know, being at home and having to stay self-motivated slash, you know, when you're touring, you really, you're, you're getting paid to do that one job and that's all you have to do. You have to be on stage and be present and look good and play excellent. And, and that's it. Right. And other people behind the scenes are taking care of everything. And I've, I've toured with a lot of musicians um, as their intuitive mentor person. So I'm with them behind the scenes in the green room and backstage and doing things. And, and the first few times I did that, 
and everything was taken care of. I was like, mm-hmm. whoa, okay, well, this is a lot easier than I expected. I didn't really know at the time. And now I have that experience and I'm like, huh, there's a lot going on behind the scenes. So when anyone goes to a concert, they, they just see the show and there's so much more going on to get all those performers there, to get it all done, to get everything oh, set up, yeah. the sound check, everything. It's so elaborate and it's a lot, a lot, a lot of work. It's a lot of work. And I, and I've been on all different levels of touring, you know, touring where I am just hauling all my own gear, doing all my own setup, doing all my own teardown. And and that is just extremely exhausting, you know, planning my own travel, like actually physically getting there by myself or with someone else, or, you know, a level where, you know, we're flying business class and, you know, the hotel rooms, everything's planned, everything's your I, you know, they have my certain dietary restrictions, all the meals are taken care of, you know, you're handed per diem, go have fun, you know, like <laughs> right. go explore the city. So, yeah, I mean, and I, and I, from doing all different levels of touring, like I totally appreciate, you know, when, when there's a whole team behind the production um, and making it happen and making it easier for the artists, because then we can do our job better. Right. right. It takes a lot of that extra stress and exhaustion. Mm-hmm. So yep. then, then the, the gift comes through even stronger, you even know, stronger. So, right. Yeah. That's wonderful. So is there any opportunities that you would like to see coming in the future? Like when you look forward in your life with all these creative ideas and pursuits and things you're getting to do, because of COVID. Are there any opportunities that you're really excited about when you look forward that you would like to just bring into your life? Yes, absolutely. I, um, I really want to, um, you know, do more with my pedal steel plane and make that an even bigger part of my identity as a musician, um, you know, along with fiddle and viola too. But um, I think playing that instrument is such a unique thing. Um, there's not that many pedal steel players like in the world in general um and very very few female players um so it's it's a pretty unique thing and um i would love to be asked to guest be a guest artist um you know and play with all my favorite bands um you know i have a whole list of people that i would absolutely love to collaborate with and play with and i would love to be called and and brought out to a show or two and and just, and to be able to, you know, play and accompany other people in their music and just music that I've grown up listening to and just love. So that's really kind of my big goal. Oh, that sounds so beautiful. That's absolutely beautiful. And I'm sure, I'm sure it will happen. So everybody, you're listening to Andrea Witt, and I know you're really inspired like I am. And I'm going to put in the show notes her website and her YouTube channel so you can watch her because I have checked out her YouTube channel and I was watching some of her performances and I can tell you they're jaw dropping and I and I have a lot of appreciation for music and I'm real picky too like I'm quite picky (laughs) I I know I know good music from not so good music and I was just whoa I really liked her energy when I met her and then I heard her music I'm like anywhere she's playing I'm gonna go be there I could tell you that uh so just thought I'd let you know if you see some crazy blonde in the front row ah it'll be me it'll be me Uh, don't be surprised so um was there anything that you wanted to share uh that with everybody that I didn't ask you about because I have two final questions but I really want to make sure that anything you wanted to share and bring to the table that I maybe didn't say or ask you 
is there anything? Oh, you've been so thorough and wonderful questions. <laughs> so yeah, I don't, I don't think I'd love to hear your last two questions. All right. So the last, the second to last question is of all the places you've traveled thinking about your whole life, what is the most memorable food you've eaten? The most oh. memorable, the most memorable food. Um, most memorable food. Oh my gosh. Um, so many, um, there is this one. Okay. So I'm vegan and, you know, traveling around the world, there's actually like a ton of like amazing, uh, vegan restaurants or like in Europe, especially they're very accommodating, you know, for vegetarians and vegans. Um, I did cheat a little bit and I tried this really exceptional chocolate cake in Paris. <laughs> I love chocolate. I love dark chocolate. I don't think it was vegan. Um, that was one. I mean, it was just like the most perfect chocolate cake. I just took like a couple bites and I'm like, I, I have to cheat on this one. Um, <laughs> that, that was incredible. Um, let's see. I mean, food. Oh, actually in Greece, Greece has really incredible food there. And I had this one salad. It sounds so simple. Um, but it, all it was, was, um, black eyed peas, I get so excited. I'm talking about vegetables, um, <laughs> black peas, cucumbers, dill, um, avocado and lemon juice and olive oil. And it was just like the, the most simple salad, but it was just so satisfying. And I was just like sitting, I was in Mykonos and it was just like the most gorgeous scene, like the beach. And I'm eating this like beautiful salad that just feels, you know, I always feel so good eating healthy. It just, it gives you so much more energy. So it's just, that was like such a simple thing, but like, <laughs> very memorable. I, I remember every ingredient in that salad. Oh, it sounds delicious. Sounds absolutely delicious. So there you go. Two favorite foods. Now the, the final, <laughs> que the final question that I love to ask, um, especially for people who've been all around the world, because I think it's, there's always these interesting experiences to draw from. And that it, the question is this, we're going to create a billboard that the whole world is going to see with Andrea Witt's quote on it what oh, do gosh. you want what do you <laughs> want the whole world to see as they travel by on this billboard from oh you? I I, do, I don't have like a, a list of quotes in my head I feel like this is this, this should be the time I should start, start remembering quotes um it can be something that you say to yourself it doesn't have to be a famous know. quote it can just be like what would you like the world to see or from you to the world um, yeah, uh, let's see, maybe just, just believe in yourself. Beautiful. Really? Yeah. Uh, maybe beautiful. that's it. Okay. <laughs> that's beautiful. That's beautiful because think about how many people don't believe in themselves or they have a lot of doubt mm -hmm. and then they end up with regret. And you just spent all this time speaking about how you've been able to use your intuition and follow your creative genius and let your multi-potentialities work together in your favor so that's a beautiful mm -hmm. one believe in yourself see perfect okay. I love it oh well you I brought that it. out of me Diane thank oh. you <laughs> right. that's beautiful that's beautiful so I want to thank you for being on the show and taking time out of your life to um, share with us I'm totally inspired by you the woman by you the performer and the artist and the creative genius and it's people like you living your passion that I think make this world a better place. So thank you for sharing that with us on the show. And I'm so glad you're in my life.
Thank, Thank you so you. much. Right back at you, Diane. Thank you so much. All right, and everybody, you've been listening to Andrea Witt. All of her contact information and her bio are in the show notes, so let her know you, you heard her here. And in the meantime, keep your face to the sun so the shadows fall behind you because you're a rock star. You're here on purpose with a purpose. So go out there and let your light shine and be the brilliant lighthouse that you're meant to be. See you next time. Be well. Thank you for listening. I trust you gained some valuable inspiration and information. Please join me and other visionaries in the Someone Gets Me Facebook group. Or for more information on my services and additional episodes, visit someonegetsme.com. Again, thanks for listening.